0: Welcome back to season two of the Filipino MomCast. If you're joining us for the first time, we are so happy you're here. You know, this little space in the podcast world is where our show opens up conversations around cultural and generational narratives. We share our stories of how we are deconstructing and really navigating this journey of parenting and everything in between to help other Filipino moms just like us. My name is Linda Gongi and I'm one of your FMC co-hosts and on behalf of all three of us, it feels so, so good to be back on here and sharing new conversations with all of you. In this episode, you're going to hear our resident therapist, Rowan, facilitate a conversation for Marianne and myself to share how we were able to lean on our partners during the deepest moments of our mental illnesses and how we were offered grace and space to heal. So if you find this talk on partner support during mental illness helpful, it would mean the world to us for you to do one or all three of these outreach activities. Number one, share the podcast with another Filipino mom or honestly anyone. Number two, post about the podcast through social media. And or number three, leave us an honest five star review on whatever podcast platform you're using to listen to us on. Any of these methods not only validates the three of us that the work we're doing here matters, but more importantly, it allows us the opportunity to reach one. more soul that no longer has to feel like they're the one and only person going through it simply through your advocacy oh as always if you need to get a hold of us you'll find our contact info and any resources mentioned in our episodes in the podcast description you're also going to see ways that you can send us a voicemail and other ways you can support the message and if you haven't already please make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on notifications for upcoming episodes. So as we get started on the first episode of season two, we want to let you know that we are incredibly grateful for your ongoing support for this show. And we want to acknowledge the work that you're doing to write your own narrative for the good of your family, which also contributes to the good of our community. So here we go. Season two, episode one.
1: Maybe That's a topic that I think we lean more on culture, parenting, maybe not so much yet with mental health. And I think there's a lot to explore there as far as talking about our own, maybe our own journey with even mental health, or I I don't know, like a specific, I couldn't think of, uh, but anything related to mental health that maybe experience going to therapy I'm just making this up, but anything that resonates as far as mental health for you both? When you were saying that, Rowan,
0: I think what popped into my head was like maybe what it looks like from the outside and then what it feels on the inside. I remember the times when I would literally be in bed because it just felt like, I don't want to say like the safest space, but I just didn't have any energy to get out of it and go anywhere else. Or I would get out and I would make it downstairs to the couch and the couch became the new bed that unless I absolutely necessarily like had to get up and actually do something then I would never leave my spot if we are talking in the sense of navigating mental health while in a family and perhaps what it is that they see or what we think they're seeing because I I mean I know how long I've been sitting there (laughs) you know like Mm. on the couch and I know when I get up from it and I do maybe like one thing and then. I'm so exhausted already in just doing that one thing. But it's like, how can you be exhausted? Like you've been sitting all day, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's because my body is always in this constant frequency of basically trying to keep me alive from all of the, like the sensory that has like embedded itself from all the things you know, but so anyways, that was just kind of like an idea that popped into my head, because I mean, I don't I don't think my kids would be able to say like, oh, yeah, like, you know, she's not doing anything. But my husband is also very, what is the word? He's very reserved. He's very reserved in what he talks about. And I think he's really like, he's really come to the point, I guess, like in our marriage where he knows that when he says something that he has to be, you know, like mindful of how he says it. And so like, to make that very simple for him, he just doesn't say anything, (laughs) which is (laughs) like... I mean, that's, I mean, there, there's some, there's some, you know, that's that's a bittersweet choice. <laughs> and, but like in, I can say that in him not say, saying anything, it has in one way, it's made me super grateful that he's given me the space to just be without the additional weight of you know him interjecting his feelings of like oh my gosh well you're not doing this and da 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 because I can also see how that could weigh me down even more and almost push me back in my progress and in my healing because now on top of that I will also be feeling you know like what oh my gosh now like you know he thinks this of me and now I have to do this but I can't do all of this because of this so in a sense I'm really grateful grateful that the silent approach has really allowed that space for me to just be because you know kind of like looking back now not that I'm out of the woods but I really needed the space you know in order to be where I am right now if I didn't have that I would have needed to be in a different place in order to have that silence in order to have that space and you know sometimes that could mean separating from your partner or being in a completely different space. I'm grateful that he was able to offer that to me. I know that not very many people can relate to that. But also in the same sense where he's giving me this space, I'm naturally becoming aware that he's giving me this space. And then I am starting to feel not necessarily, I'm not bad, but it also gives me motivation to want to get out of it because he's not saying anything. And so it gives me this motivation. I just, I need to figure this out. And so there's always that, like that string of motivation where it actually isn't tied to me, but it's like, because I realize how much he's doing for me. Like I want to be able to give back. Like I want to be able to match this. And he's so good at that. He's amazing at letting me be like part of that has also brought our relationship to a level that wouldn't have happened if we weren't going through that. So, but again, I can also see how that situation in itself was really wrapped up in a whole lot of grace. And so I can very easily see how, you know, me being in bed, maybe like not doing anything, and then coming downstairs, really just relocate to another place to not do anything (laughs) is really what it looks like. And how another person with a different, you know, personality type, or like how that could really trigger them wanting to speak up and for them to, you know, feel, heard and to feel seen like you're not doing anything that's been my experience so far but I can definitely say that if there was any additional to that things would be very very different because where I'm already at and with like the grace that he's given me it's given me the space to process and kind of just be because I'm already holding so much that you can't see that's kind of like my deep end of the pool in terms of like you know how it may have looked like during those times
1: I was gonna say I'm curious like for listeners right it's not a very uncommon experience the opposite end of that where someone's in therapy and and for me when I see someone it's one person but we all know that one person equals many characters and so you might be speaking to one person but really speaking to a whole room of people and to be aware of the people that are not physically there but representing In that, because of the stigma, especially in our culture. So someone is trying to kind of like propel some movement, but if maybe their spouse gives them a hard time about therapy, it makes the whole process a bit more challenging. So my question is, you use the word like grace, giving space. Has it always been that way? Is there a way people are listening to us for wives or husbands to help the uh, partner be given space or to understand this scary word? sometimes called mental health which is really not scary it's just our health yeah how did you get to that point where chris is able to give you space and you feel like it sounds like for me you don't even feel judged by him
0: that is definitely not something that gets summed up into like a 30 minute episode There is a lot of work behind that. But to answer your question, no, we never started out that way. And more even even more particularly, I am am one where if something is making me uncomfortable, like I will tell you, you know, I don't like how this is making me feel. I want to work on everything right now. It's for my own validation that I am like wanting To find closure because if I don't, I can't move on. And my husband is very different because he doesn't need that validation. To move on. He is very fine moving on. And so (laughs) I would say that it took a lot of work individually between us to really identify why even before that certain things would make us really irritated or upset or annoyed at one another. And then learning how to deal with that feeling when it shows up and then really learning how to shift it into an action or a behavior where the other person can hear you. I mean, that has always been a work in progress leading up to my last breakdown, which is, you know, one of the biggest ones that I've experienced so far. And for us, that really played into the care that I received from him during those years. And that's not to say like he would never talk to me or he would never voice anything, but he definitely came from... A point of understanding. Like, this is so amazing because this is not how I remember us being when we were first married. You know, he would just step in and just take over, which is huge. Huge thing because I mean, I, you know, I remember the time when, you know, I was the one who was like doing a lot. And in being in that position, I remember feeling unseen, feeling unheard for him to be able to step in. And like a lot of the times I would get up and I would just say, gosh, like I still feel so tired. I had just gotten up from bed. I was already laying down and he says, well, go lay down. You need rest. (laughs) And I'm like, but I just was laying down for like half the day. (laughs) And I'm actually like getting up. And he goes, he goes, but you know, he's like, you're tired. Go lay down. He's like, you know, I have everything. So that's where the part of me feels like, oh my gosh, just that gratefulness. I would even confide in him and tell him, I feel so bad that you're doing all of this because I feel like I'm not doing anything at all. And maybe even to you, it looks like I'm not doing anything at all. And He would always say the same thing. He's like, you do so much for us. Obviously, like it had to get there from somewhere. And it took a lot of I think, really being able to confront our own issues, not that we're completely recovered for them, or we're completely healed from them. But we like just within the past couple of years, we are now learning to talk to one another. And just to put that into perspective for anybody who's listening, we have been married for 16 years this year. And when within the last two years, we have only really started to get to know each other and to really open up. We're not fully there yet. Like my husband still walks around with walls up, but he has asked me to help him. And I know for him to even say that it takes so much courage, um, especially to ask someone who knows you inside out and knowing that in that process, it could trigger you. But like along the way, we've had to surrender and just figure it out. And And that's that.
2: That's amazing. I'm just, I'm just going to say that, like, just because I've known you for longer than that. And just to see your Chris go from where he was in the beginning to, you know, when we saw each other all the time and then, you know, you guys moving out of state and then knowing how much of a hard time that was. And then just seeing that evolution is just like, it's beautiful. It's so, it's beautiful because you never want your friends to suffer in any extreme ways. And just to know that you were having a hard time and that Chris really was just, he just carried you through it. Like he just gave you that space. And I got you. And that was it. And and I think that, that that's not common. I would say a lot of times for Filipino men to really just kind of do that. But I think that it it's also hope for those of us who continue to work through our mental illnesses and as well as managing our lives because life, life doesn't stop. That's one of the things that I say all the time. Like, man, I wish like life could pause and then I could work on my stuff and then like reintegrate myself back into life. is something like that. So, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I know that you've seen all the sides and, you know, I don't want to take it for granted, you know, like even when I start to be annoyed because, you know, that's that's just how we are, you know. But when I think of all of the things, it just seems so small compared to what he's surrendered to to make sure that his family is okay i have all grown up. I know, yeah, wow. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> a little
1: bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah,
2: I love that
0: so much. But um, I hope
1: that's helpful. Yeah. No. Super. And I love that word when anyone tells me I gotcha you know because especially mm. women we always say that to everyone else I got you without even saying it but it's like we're kind of like conditioned to be the nurturing one if we, if we have to pause it almost seemed like we want to apologize for pausing we always say right fill your cup if you will but then mm-hmm. also when the cup is filled there's no one else to pour something so sometimes the cup needs to be have a little space so someone can fill it and that too is okay, you know, because often, not you guys, but we hear, right? With we, women were like, oh, you know, the guys are not helping enough or like not doing enough. But sometimes there's no space in the cup to be to be also be given. And so I do have to learn that. I, I think constantly trying to hone that skill. But I, I mean, we all have different thresholds. I think I think I There's a lot of chaos (laughs) with me growing up. So I kind of like, I I turned that into positive. So I've learned some tools. So my threshold is, I have a good threshold, but then when I get really overwhelmed, I make sure I'm very clear (laughs) that uh, I need space. In fact, when I say that, my husband knows that it's not like, okay, I'll give you space tomorrow. It almost seemed like I actually need space, like, like, like. Right now, (laughs) you know, because it doesn't happen all the time. But uh, it's like, yeah, something I feel in my body, which actually I think it's it's good, you know, like when you have a base, when you're off base, you can like sense it right away. So I'm trying to just self regulate as well. But I love that story, and I I love. I think really that's a common. You can you, Lynn and Mary Ann, like also being in therapy could give a lot of our listeners kind of like just tips on, which you already have been doing anyway, to connect with their spouses or their support person so they could be given the space for just space for doing nothing for healing for whatever and feel um understood and not judged because someone can give you space but like okay you know like i mean the tone and the inflection would be different but to actually be given space where you're like you know not feeling like it's it's not
0: just like okay well i'm gonna be out of the room
1: it's (laughs) like like
0: okay well i'm just gonna go in the kitchen here's your space you know, like it's, exactly. it's, it's not that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not the same. It's not like uh, actual, no. like physical, like space, but it's a space that encompasses an environment that allows you to, to just be yeah. without anything really interfering with that. And it was so funny that because you were saying, Rowan, I just wanted to touch on that, how you were saying, oh yeah, like the husband never do- does enough or, you know, Mm -hmm. the husband doesn't do, you know, XYZ. I just want to reassure everybody that that is exactly where we came from. Mm 100% that that is where we started. My husband knows how he knows how to take care of the house and be a father and be a provider it's crazy but we've had to grow we've had to grow into that
1: this is the perfect father's day episode because i mean i say the same thing i would say about my husband like you know um, oh my husband does everything especially when my kids were young except the only thing he doesn't know is he can't breastfeed but and and actually interestingly i don't know if you're familiar with this when you're trying kids used to a a nipple like, like yeah right they, the doctors this is too extreme and i don't know why i did it but they will give you a tube so i had twins right so the tube is sometimes attached to your nipple right you'll tape it and then another one is from the milk so while you don't have milk yet they're oh. sucking from this thing and because i had twins my husband had to also do it so he'll put this tube taped on his finger <laughs> so the baby's actually sucking his finger so oh. but anyway i mean he, basically it's sort of he's like breastfeeding but uh finger yeah. feeding We're, i mean oh wow he's still feeding the baby yeah. he's still helping so it's a sock the baby sucking actually his finger but anyway that's
0: funny my yeah. husband would have taped it to his body too uh
2: mine would Damn. have too and he would have laughed the whole time mm-hmm <laughs>
0: Yeah, my my husband would have my husband would have said, "Okay, well, let's try it." Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: In the most joking <laughs> space possible. Yeah. Yeah. a special husband. Oh, <laughs> very. Yeah, I I mean, I would say the same thing. Chris and I's relationship and and just for listeners who've never listened to us um who are new to our episodes or new to the podcast, Lynn and I both married a Chris. So, if she talks about a Chris and I talk about a Chris, just know they're separate Chrises and they're not the same Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not we yes. are not sharing husbands. We are not sharing husbands. We're not in a polyamorous relationship. Um I just want to just reiterate and there's nothing wrong with polyamorous or poly- polygamy yeah. relationships if that's That's just
0: of- not our situation. That's not where yeah. I am
2: in my life but Lynn ha- Lynn's husband's name is Chris and my husband's name is Kristen, just to Claire but yeah like I will say that I, I I don't think I would have survived the last Lucas is five this year Lucas is five this year you guys Lynn, not Lucas is five so I would say the last six years of our marriage I don't think I would have survived without without just his his unconditional support of like what I needed at that whether it was at that moment whether it was at no matter what time of day if I needed something one of the things Chris would always say is I got you he's like I got you Don't worry, bye, I got you. And he says it a lot. When I finally, oh my gosh, and then I'm like, of course now I'm going to cry because like it's something that I still really hold very dear to myself because like one of the lowest moments of my life was when I told him that I think I have depression and I think there's something wrong with me.
1: Mm. And that
2: was really hard to say because I, so the context of that was I knew something was wrong during Christmas, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. I knew something was wrong because I had no joy. There was no joy. It was, you know, the baby's first, holiday season and I was just not excited. I was fake excited so that other people thought I was excited, but I wasn't really excited. And I'm a very goal-oriented person and I didn't want to make any goals. I just wanted to hide. And that's really how I felt. And when I told Chris that like, hey, I there's something wrong with me, I basically told said that out loud. We were we were in and I, and this is on the blog and I have also he knows that I share this. He was in the shower and I'm in the bathroom and I'm just talking to him through the shower glass because I needed something in between us because I felt so broken and vulnerable that I just couldn't say it to him like face to face, face and that just felt safe and I basically crumbled into a puddle of tears on the floor and he literally got out of the shower dried himself off as fast as he possibly could and picked me up off the floor and he said let's get you some help then there was no why do you feel like that like he never made me feel guilty he never made me feel like something was 100% wrong with me he just said okay let's get you some help and that was it and to to this day I hold that so deeply because you know when you, when you're when you're hurting and you have to admit it to somebody it's really hard because I am I am that mother I am the person who will carry the whole family and I don't I don't just do it because that's just who I am and I've been like that my whole life and I don't know if that's just because I'm the oldest or whatever or you know just part of culture but I for me to say that I can't do it and I need help was a big deal and just the fact that he met me at that moment and said and didn't shame me didn't make me feel guilty for how I felt and just said okay let's just do it and you know and I just said well what are we gonna do how are we gonna do this and he just said it's okay I got you we're good don't worry about it we'll figure it out and you know and we had to make some really hard life choices from that and there are still times that I do really struggle with my mental health and I can't leave my bed or you know I'm just not motivated or whatever and he just doesn't judge me in that in that space in that time he just like You know, my dad passed, so I haven't really been motivated to do very many things, right? Even if other people assume that I am, I'm not really that motivated. I've really been trying to take things slow and do things at a slower pace which is very hard for me but I know in the reality of of how I feel is that I need to reserve my energy for the most important things in my life so sometimes I don't cook dinner or sometimes I don't you know like do laundry or you know all the normal like domestic chores that a wife is supposed to do because she's the home mom right like there are many times I don't do that and Chris will kind of just do it or he'll obviously tell the teens because they're more than capable of doing it also you know he'll just take over there was one time recently where I didn't make dinner and I was basically hiding in my bed and crying and he just texted me he said hey I, I found a coupon for dinner I'm gonna go pick up food one just the fact that he was gonna pick up food two he found a coupon you guys like that for us is like a big deal already because coupons okay <laughs> we'll like, have to I tell am... that
0: story to our coupon oh, yeah, story our coupon is,
2: <laughs> yeah, we, were, we were crazy couponers at one point <gasps> um uh, but you know like just the fact that he was he just had the foreset of hey like she isn't feeling well, and she's just she needs to rest. So then I'm just going to go and do this. I mean that it, this was very recent, and that he just took over. Like you said, Lynn, like he just took over, and he just did it. And I will say that we have grown to this moment. We've not we were not this way in the beginning. In fact, one of the things that I remember that Chris would say often would be like when we first had our oldest daughter. He one of his coworkers said, "Well, my co my coworker said that you know he doesn't help with." the chores for you know the chores because he works all day and he's tired why do I have to do it if that's what you're asking me to do and I mean we got into a big fight obviously that didn't go over well right but like now it's just it it feels more like a partnership and that's why I always like to say that we are life partners and we are not married because sometimes I feel like the constraint of like those gender roles tries to define exactly what we need to be doing and I lately I've been just saying that he's my life partner and he just He's just with me and he and he gets it and he knows me and probably one of the only people. Prob- yeah, I would say he's one of the only people in my life that has seen me at that very low, absolute lowest moments where I don't even know if I'm going to make it out of that space mentally sane. Yeah. And it's, it has it's taken us a long time. We've been together. So this year will be 19 years, which is nuts. So we've been married for 19 years this year. We've been together for about twenty four years, I think. So, you know, we've grown up together, we've had all of these children, we've moved, we've done all of these things. And I think one of the things that I appreciate the most, especially in the last six years, is that he's really shown up, not just for me, but for himself. We had a really rough last year, the past, obviously with the pandemic, but you know, the pandemic also brings up lots of triggers and all that stuff. And you know, we we had a it was really rocky last year for us, to be honest. And there was a point where I told him I was like you know if if we can't figure this out I think we need to separate and you know and I think we took a break for like three days I mean we still lived in the same house but I mean we really didn't talk to each other and we gave each other space to kind of think about what we needed to do and I'll tell you from that point to now Chris is a completely different person because he's learned to take care of himself to to go to therapy to do things for himself and to create that to fill his cup because it's important also for you know dads and husbands to fill their cups because they you know sometimes they don't even know how to do that themselves but I will tell you just because of that time in therapy time in you know in the word time in being with healthy like male or you know male relationship where you know they can talk truth into your life that that really has helped him and yeah it's it to be real it's been it's been a rough it it was a rough year this past year and I I didn't know if it was we were gonna make it out well enough to still be not still be together but it was like we would probably have had to separate for a little bit but I will say that like just the fact that we're still together at this point shows that healing is possible and that the best thing that you can do for yourselves is to do the work individually so that when you come together as a couple you're not triggering each other you're not putting your your expectations on that other person and whether they're indirectly said or directly said like just giving each other that space and that just that agency to just be themselves like it's, it's just so hard it's just been it hasn't been easy but I will say that it the work has been worth it and I say that a lot in a lot of things but the work has been worth it and I yeah I don't I am still trying to just process like I know like everybody else process the last. Last year, but particularly like in my marriage, in the relationship that we have, like I'm proud of us because we actually made it out of just some really stressful mental stuff. Like it was not easy. But I think one of the main things we both did was to take care of ourselves and to like what Lynn said, tell each other what we really need and take it for what it is and to not be offended by it. Like I need space. Okay. Like what, what, you know, and, and a lot of times it was like, well, what does that mean to you? Because, you know, guys are, again and they need instruction sometimes and they just need you to tell them specifically what they need so I'd be like you know well I need you to help me with the chores and can you just pick up the teens and drop off the teens so I can just rest and not have to feel like I'm juggling 20 million balls in the air and I feel like I'm going to drop one and and I'm just going to be exhausted and that worked and there was no fighting and you know and but at the same time you know it it took a lot of work to get to this moment and and I want our listeners to know that what people say is true marriage is not easy it's a lot of work but it also is worth it because if you're able to overcome and pivot from really hard moments then I don't know it's a testament to your relationship and and how you both grew as individuals as well as as a couple as a unit was that a lot no
0: okay Mm-mm. I love that yeah. I love that oh I'm so proud of you guys
1: I appreciate the, con. like, even I'm learning a lot and I really appreciate a lot of things. But I like what you said about how it's so difficult, right, to come out to your partner that, oh, actually, I can't do it and I need help just to utter. Like, sometimes we think about it, even thinking about it is so shaming to us. No one even needs to know. We're kind of like shaming ourselves just by the mere thought. For the thought to come out as words and actually for someone to be there while you're uttering those words, I mean, it's a multi-step as I'm trying to just yeah. narrate it. And so when people are listening, first of all, you're not alone. It is a process, but the process that you can nevertheless, step by step, you know, get to, that it's possible, right? For partners, spouses, I think. And, and it doesn't have to be that it's starting from a place where it's perfection, right? Like it's kind of like a constantly... That's priceless right yeah. there.
0: Because it really is just setting the stage that you are aware that you're going through some stuff and you don't want to give it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing selfish about that. If anything, that's a selfless gift that you're giving to others by simply wanting to address the things that come up in you so that yeah. you're aware of it and can, you know, make changes of it.
1: Yeah. So definitely, we're not really immune to stories negative stories right and we all kind of have to constantly update our own stories. so if you're not doing that we all have to be kind of like hopefully doing that updating keep updating because um yeah uh life it rains and sometimes it pours and yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's not to say that, you know, doing coaching or doing therapy is, it's the fix-all for everything in your life. It is a tool. Mm -hmm. It is a tool in order to help you, to give you more tools essentially, so that you can process through your life in a more whole and fruitful way.
2: The last thing that I remember that Rowan said, understanding that our relationships like evolve Right over time, and that yeah, it's okay. Oh, that yeah, yeah, back.
1: yeah, that yeah, that uh, just saying that, our, um, I really appreciate our conversation because it's not starting from a baseline of like things are well, you know, like I can really talk to my husband about everything, but especially when it comes to mental health, not being able, what, honey, why are you not able to do the laundry? Other wives can do these things, right? There's progression <laughs> I, that I mean, it's possible.
2: I've somebody to, say that, and, and uh, me enough. too.
0: Me too. too. Like, like that just reopened a wound.
2: But I think that is important that our listeners know that that it's normal for it to be difficult in the beginning, and then it's also normal for us to evolve as couples. But then also Mm -hmm. to know that there's hope in the in
0: the process.
2: Yeah, in the process, even if the process is hard, because the process is hard. And then, Linda we're saying something about therapy
0: isn't. It's not like a fix. Oh, the narrative around seeking help for just like mental health. So I was saying, you know, whether you go to a therapist, or whether you go to a coach, because you know, both are able to help you in being able to have tools in order to move forward, depending where you are in your life. And it's like realistic to also realize that both of those are not the fix all solution for anybody's life, what they are, is their tools that are part of your toolbox. And you're also able to get more tools through those particular professions and being able to use them in your life and being able to move forward in a way that's healthy and productive
2: yeah perfect no I appreciate that because the what I think what people need to also understand is that you're right therapy doesn't fix everything and I'm sure Rowan as a therapist sees that right and what I've learned in therapy and couples therapy and like family therapy individual therapy is that like if you You don't use the tools, you won't get better. The work is the hardest part. So Rowan, I know you only have a few more minutes left, but is there anything that you would like to share that you can encourage our listeners whether it's with their struggles with mental health or how can they communicate with their spouses for what they need I don't know like what what would what do you feel like would be the best message or best way to like conclude this episode
1: yeah I guess well for me as a therapist therapy is about finding the best fit therapist so someone might or coach and someone might you know I don't know advertise that they have this special way of doing things. But if that special way does not speak to you, if you don't feel seen and felt by the professional, it it doesn't really go a long way. So as for... Um, a complimentary consult, that's when you can gauge. And honestly, for me, when I do that, I also want to gauge. Uh, Ethically, I only want to serve clients who I know I can serve really well. So it goes both ways. So we're trying to see if we're both a good fit. And then for husbands, I think uh, you guys anchored on this. I think coming from a place where husbands want a little bit more direct instruction, I think that really helps. Tender startups, like I call it. Mm -hmm. So if you want your just just to listen they're really trying to show love by solving giving you a solution so you can start with saying you know honey i i got this i actually know the solution or it'll come to me later but what would help me is to have you sit there and kind of like feel what i'm feeling just for like 15 minutes so those things are very helpful also the way we see our partners and the way they see us is very important but if you see your partner as someone who wants to please you they just need tools to please you uh, they need kind of like more direct way give them tools and, and just in general therapy when you find the best fit therapist it's very healing I don't know therapy is dope I mean what can I say <laughs> i'm with it, you
0: i i'm with you
2: i i i would i would like one of the things i thought about in the last few years was i wanted to be a therapist but i would i realized you guys go through a lot of school i don't i don't have the mental capacity for that anymore <laughs> i just don't and it's a lot it's a lot Rowan. so kudos to you for for getting through all of that stuff because it's not easy like to just to even just have your own private practice or just you know I mean it's work like I've I've believed I've looked into it and I just I'm like I'm just gonna do this like I think this is fine and then I will just send them to therapists and I I do in in every coaching session I have I do recommend therapy every single time because I still do believe that yes there there are spaces that coaches are important but I also think that there are also spaces where therapy is absolutely necessary but I think everybody needs therapy. I think everybody should
0: try to heal from their past. Yeah, that should just be part of the deal. <laughs> like, like going to school, you know, you go yeah. to, the, you go to school, you go to a doctor for a checkup. Part of that should just be, yeah, therapy's like kind of included in that whole thing, you know, and bringing certain aspects of this, even into school where, you know, you're learning all of the things. So it's like, you're getting this encompassed knowledge everywhere you go and it's, it is now commonplace versus yeah. you have to qualify yeah, there's something about you that needs to qualify you in order you're human you're qualified yeah i love <laughs> that yeah thanks for joining us on this
2: episode of the filipino momcast don't forget to subscribe and to share this podcast with others whether it's through social media a text or a quick sh- hey have you listened to these ladies It's a small step in getting the conversation started and rippling that change into existence which you play a huge part of. Thanks so much. We'll catch you on the next episode.